Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, October 24th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. In Salt Lake City, I'm Scott Johnson. And uh, from somewhere in L.A. County, I'm Roger Chang. Uh, Roger's busy uh, putting the dot, a dot in the I's and crossing the T's, putting the T's on the I's. I don't know what he's doing uh, to get us the Microsoft earnings information. And good news for Microsoft from the earnings. But let's start with a few other tech things you should know. Facebook loves to redesign its Messenger app and has done so again, this time to reduce clutter on the main screen, consolidating nine tabs into three, focusing more on chats. There's a tab for chat, of course, a tab called People that has contacts, and then a tab called Discover, which includes businesses and games. Still kind of a mess. Hey, Google has added access to personal search data to the menu of its main search web page on the web and on Android and iOS apps. I actually used it today. Google's uh, Google users, rather have had the ability to see what data has been collected and deleted if they wish, but they had to go into their account settings and find those options. That's now just smack dab underneath the search window. HP announced updates to its Spectre 360 line of laptops, including a new 13-inch model with a claimed 22.5-hour peak battery life, up 37% over the previous model. Model also has the option for Gigabit Class LTE, the 15-inch model has a peak battery life of 17.5 hours, and both models arrive in November. The 13-inch model starts at $1,150, 15-inch $1,390. The 14-inch EliteBook X360 1040G5 convertible for business customers also has an option for Gigabit LTE. That's coming in late October. Starting price at $1,499. Let's talk a little bit more about how Samsung just wants to fold everything. They do indeed. Uh, and according to Samsung's vice president for marketing at PCs, Lee Min Cho, said Samsung is collaborating with display makers to develop laptops with foldable displays that will not just simply fold in and out, but create new value and user experience. Uh, that's the end of that quote. Lee also told Korea, the Korea Herald that Samsung sells around 3.2 million PCs every year. And they plan, uh, or, and they say it plays a central role, quote, in increasing connectivity with other mobile devices. Uh, 
That's the Korea Herald newspaper, not just some Korean guy named Harold. <laughs> the Korean Herald. There's more than one of those, first of all. <laughs> all right. I actually am a big fan of the idea of foldable displays, and I have been since they've been rumored and talked about at CESs and other stuff, because, because of what he just said. There's going to be use cases where a quarter-sized version of your screen or something will be useful where a full screen or a half screen is not. I love the idea that we'll be able to get to a place one day where the size of the device is fluid and we can change it, move it, uh, you know, tweak it to fit whatever specific need. What those needs are, I don't know, but yeah. I love the idea of a foldable display. Well, I do too, but I'm, I'm, I don't know either. Uh, I know we keep hearing about them. Certainly at CES every year, it gets more and more foldable, rollable. Um, you know, uh, uh, you can you know, create like various sizes of panels on a display that can be large or small, but no one's doing anything like that. We're just talking about how cool it would be. Do either of you use two in ones? Like tablets with keyboards that you need twist around, fold around, turn into tents, anything like that. A little bit. No, no. I mean, I I, I have in the past, but not currently. Immediately seems to be useful is oh, instead of having to deal with a hinge, I could take that HP folio with that leatherette case that bends and actually bend the screen and do yeah. cool things with it that way. I just want to fold it up and put it in my pocket if you want the real treat. <laughs> Maybe you'll be able to do that someday. <laughs> Italy is finding both Samsung and Apple 5 million euros each for intentionally slowing down its citizens' phones. Apple also received an additional 5 million euro fine for failing to provide customers information on maintaining and replacing batteries. You might recall that Apple previously admitted to slowing down older phones when its OS detected a failing battery in order to extend the battery's life. Hmm. I'll be honest. Uh, I think this is unfair to both companies. I don't think they were intentionally trying to make their phones obsolete. And I know most of you disagree with me and that's fine. Uh, you are probably right. But my gut tells me that they really were trying to manage battery life. And uh, that is specifically what Apple has said. Samsung hasn't commented on, on what was going on there uh, in, a, in a way that would extend the life of, of your phone. But the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, but if they're slowing down my phone, that's to make me buy a new one. Um, granted, I don't think they mind if that made you buy a new one. I don't think it's purely out of the goodness of their heart and they're doing everything they can to keep you from having to buy. I don't I don't think that either. But I, I think there's a legitimate reason to cause an older phone to try to extend the battery life that would appear to slow down the phone. So I completely agree with this. And so there's at least two of us who are in accord here. Um I think that the both, I can't, again, Samsung hasn't said, so who knows, but I'll bet it's much better for them from a PR perspective that your phone slows down a little, but perhaps in a more gradual, granular way in order to preserve battery life than if it just suddenly got slower because, oh, oh, time to get a new phone. And if it suddenly got really bad battery life, that's also a thing you could say to them, oh, yeah, your batteries only last few years. Now we got to get a new phone. Like they're kind of, screwed either way uh no matter which way they say it so i actually have never really bought into that whole idea that either company is interested in slowing phones down and especially as a, as a secret but uh apple in particular is really leaning into this now that last keynote was all about we know that you're keeping your phones much longer and so here are the things we're going to give for you and also you want to use them less here's a weekly report of how much time you're spending on twitter like they really leaned into that uh, i thought was a bit of a surprise that last keynote 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't think uh, Apple wanted to slow down phones just to make people buy new phones. I mean, sure, the company would like everyone to buy a new phone every time there's a new one announced, but I, I agree that that's not it's not that cut and dry. I do almost lean to the point of, listen, if something's going wrong with the battery and the company doesn't want your phone to just stop working entirely for everything to slow down a little bit. So at least it's smooth sailing, even if it's a little bit more slow, smooth sailing, it's not necessarily the end of the world. However, I do, I, I, to my knowledge was not a person that was affected by this. If I knew that I was, I would be ticked that the company hadn't communicated it better. And that's why this, I agree with the second fine that Italy gave Apple for not informing customers on maintaining and replacing batteries. That That's what they should maybe get in trouble for. I don't know if it's 5 million euro fine or not. That's a different conversation. But, but yeah, uh, tell people what you're doing. Be transparent about it. Transparency is a big theme of Tim Cook's these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, warnings of slowing demand from chip makers, Texas Instruments and ST Microelectronics has caused the stock market to back off chip stocks in general today, affecting companies like Micron, Intel, and AMD a little bit, a couple percentage points. But Texas Instruments is the canary in the coal mine uh, for this sort of thing. Uh, Texas Instruments forecast its weakest Q4 since 2013. TI makes analog sensors that often take things like sound or air pressure uh, and turn it into digital readings for a range of products, things from cars to phones, et cetera. Often TI is used these days as an indicator of the direction of the semiconductor market in general. Uh, so not much else to say about this, to be honest, other than, you know, this is this is something to note if you're following that market closely. It goes back to uh, the idea of we're maturing in that market, like, you know, and people are keeping their devices longer and, I feel like we say this is how the same kind of slowdown with uh, with PCs at one point. And this, of course, includes that. But um, we can't expect the demand to be as high as it, you know, as it is traditionally when there's when these things are new. So this doesn't really shock me too yeah, much. But, but hold on. You're you're talking about PCs there. Uh, there are a lot of new devices out there. This I think this is just a chip cycle. But you could make the argument like cars should be there. Everybody's talking about building new cars. Yeah, you'd think it'd be ramping up rather than. Yeah. Well, that's really a- yeah. I guess maybe I guess I, I I wouldn't be surprised to find out that traditional <laughs> traditional places where you would normally think of a chip being your phone, your computer, or whatever, there being a slowdown there. But usually you'd see this stuff shift to other markets. I didn't really consider well, that's why they use TI as, as sort of the canary in the coal mine because they're not subject to the shift of like ah people just aren't buying laptops anymore. Right. They're 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 more in a multiple number of devices so they're a better general indicator i think well uh all i know is my fridge could use a chip that reminds me not to eat garbage in it (laughs) (laughs) my guess is this is uh, a fact that you're not buying a smart fridge no uh this is this is an indication that the semiconductor market just uh overproduced there you go you know it would be great if a fridge was so smart that you could order food via the fridge and it could just be like, no, that's vetoed. You're not ordering yeah, that because I'm not putting that in myself. I wish Uber <laughs> Eats would do that to me. I wish a lot of, I wish certain restaurants would do that for me. But. Just be like, this is not for you. Well, you know, there's a donut shop near me that I've gone to two days in a row and I'd like them to stop denying me service. Apple Pay just stops working at Randy Donuts. <laughs> it's like, no, 
You don't need another one of those, Tom. No. Yeah. Square. Sorry. Square. Squares down. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I've never eaten whole box of cocoa puffs. I'm just saying maybe I have. Uh, let's get into the information. Who is reporting? That is the organization of news, not uh, the actual information. Anyway, they report its sources say Apple will launch its TV service in the first half of 2019 in more than 100 countries. That's a big rollout. Uh, starting with the U.S., it will include original shows commissioned by Apple, along with the ability to subscribe to other, other services like Showtime, HBO, and the like. It will supposedly be free for Apple device owners, although I don't know that that's been 100% confirmed. Well, these uh, are all these are all unconfirmed. These okay. are all sources saying. So, yeah. in the case of the the Showtime HBO model, that is the Prime model. Like that's what Amazon Prime does. Mm-hmm. They're all about the add-on services, and that little notion there is a very interesting one because if your basic product is free and that includes a bunch of stuff including a bunch of apple original content and if you have their apple tv or you have a phone or or a tablet or whatever with an apple name on it then that's a great way to get in and then you start doing these add-on services i could see how this would be a model for them I mean, this is nothing new in here. We've heard all of these rumors before. The information is a very reliable uh, reporter of this sort of thing. I think the thing that caught my eye, Sarah, is they said it will be free for Apple device owners, but the information doesn't seem to be hitting the other point we've heard, which is, and nobody else will get it. Maybe there will be a four-pay subscription version for non-Apple owners. Yeah, when I when I first read the story, I was like, okay, first half of 2019, if that happens, great. That would probably mean that it would be announced next week. One would think, unless they're going to have yet another event, and that's possible as well. Um, but it's true that that is because we had a whole conversation, gosh, two weeks ago now, I, I guess, about the idea of content being exclusive to a certain ecosystem, in this case, Apple devices. So if it is not... And I still don't think it will be. That's just uh, that. That's just that's what I'm saying for the record. I, I don't think that Apple would be that exclusive with content that they'd like to become huge hits, a la Netflix or HBO or any of the other um, networks that that have had hit shows lately. What if um, it was free for Apple device users, part mm-hmm. of Apple Music for others? Well. Could they just not put it in Apple Music? <laughs> could they just could they just fix Apple Music and iTunes? But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. If it if it was bundled in to the I don't know how would that look? Well, they do carpool karaoke in there right now, so they probably just create a new section or something. Yeah, interesting. Well, but see that that's more of a music. Yeah, show. but a bit, like their deal they have with Sorkin, whatever this is going to look like, and 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 some big Spielberg stuff being thrown around and everything. I feel like they don't want to limit who can see this with with some artificial thing. Like, hey, if you're an Apple device owner, then you're that's in. What I think too. It's it's it would be. I mean, unless it was something that you know Apple just really betting on it being such a big hit that people were just like, I can't. I can't uh, be left out anymore. I'm going to go buy a, you know, 10 S plus. But I just, I, that's, that's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's possible, but I, I think it's pretty improbable. Yeah. 
Mozilla released Firefox 63, including enhanced tracking protection, which is a new feature that blocks third-party trackers to increase privacy, obviously. Mozilla previously announced upcoming features like blocking ad tracking software by default and also just partnered with ProtonVPN to sell subscriptions to a small group of Firefox users. Enhanced tracking protection will be off by default, but when it's turned on, it gives users the option to block third-party tracking cookies block all trackers, and then also, of course, add exceptions for trusted sites. It's essentially Privacy Badger built into Firefox. Um, and I, I think it's good that it's off by default because for an average user, having it on yeah. would make it feel like maybe the web was broken, like maybe this browser doesn't work. So you want to yeah. give people a little education before they turn it on to say, hey, a lot of sites won't be able to work properly or may treat you like you're using an ad blocker if you're blocking their trackers. And so you should you should know how to handle those permissions before you get into this. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, and in the past, uh, I've encouraged folks to use ad blocking software um, or, you know, plugins or whatever. And, you know, some of some of them have come back to me and been like, this sucks. It's always making, you know, I have to, you know, do these exceptions and it's, it's just not for everybody. Not everybody cares. Microsoft released its 2019 financial results. As I mentioned, uh, revenue of $29.1 billion is up 19%. Net income of 8.8 billion up 34%. It is a record Q1. Uh, this is Microsoft's first quarter of its fiscal year, mostly due to the cloud, but Pretty much good news all over. Uh, surface revenue increased 14% year over year to $1.1 billion. There was a time when people wondered if Surface was just a loss leader. Looks like it's shaping up to be a decent sector of its own. Gaming revenue increased 44%, including 94% growth in Xbox hardware revenue attributed to the launch of the Xbox One X. And the number of Xbox Live active users also grew to 57 million this quarter. So, Big growth in cloud, in Azure, et cetera, uh, which has recently sort of been the moneymaker uh, for, for Microsoft, but also positive news for Surface and gaming. That's great. Yeah, gaming in particular, um, this is great to see because they've had kind of a rough go of it this generation, which we're now well into and already talking about what might be around the corner for both uh, Sony and Microsoft as the big two players. But uh, this is really good to hear. I think part of this, uh, I read the Verge article and they don't go deep into it, but I have to think that a big part of the gaming revenue is also due to the growth of the Game Pass subscription, which gets more and more attractive every time I look at it. Um, I'm this close to getting it. And it also brings in PC players and lets them play their Xbox games or Xbox titles you buy there on your PC and have those saves synced. And it's a really kind of a brilliant thing. And it's basically Netflix for games. It needs more games. Just like a Netflix competitor would need more movies and TV shows to compete with Netflix, but it's a great start. It's a really good price, and I think it's an awesome move for them. Plus, the gaming stuff is very synergistic with the growth in Azure and all their cloud products. Like, there's a lot happening there that's super exciting as we get closer to a potential 2020, 2021, you know, announcement of a new console. And consoles selling well, not yep. just for Microsoft, which, you know, has been playing catch up to PlayStation, but. But consoles in general, not tailing off. A lot of people, I think, thought maybe we'd just start seeing them fade out. Uh, but turns out uh, doing really well and helping Microsoft's bottom line. Well, we remember like the report um, from yesterday uh, about, you know, teenagers and consoles. So maybe yeah. it's all the teens. Hello, fellow teenagers. Would you like <laughs> to play this new console game with me? The teenagers <laughs> saving Microsoft. Who yeah. would have thunk it? Yeah. 
We still want to just escape reality sometimes. Games are good at that, turns out. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure that you subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. All right. Apple CEO Tim Cook gave a keynote speech at the International Conference of Data Protection and Privacy Commissioners. Now that's a party. Uh, that's happening in Brussels right now. Uh, Cook was, you know, are they really keynotes if multiple people give them? Tim Berners-Lee also giving a keynote at the same conference. So that just kind of bugs me sometimes. Like, well, isn't shouldn't the keynote be the one? Anyway, giving a speech. Tim Cook gave a big speech. Uh, praised Europe's GDPR regulations, called for similar protections in the U.S. and elsewhere. Cook said personal data, quote, is being weaponized against us with military efficiency. He said a privacy law should minimize the amount of personal data collected by companies combined with transparency over what is collected and the right for people to not only access their data, but be sure it's secure. He said, and I'll, I'll quote him again, for artificial intelligence to be truly smart, it must respect human values, including privacy. If we get this wrong, the dangers are profound. We can achieve both great artificial intelligence and great privacy standards. It's not only a possibility, it's a responsibility. Oh. I think of, of, of Tim Cook's fiery privacy protection speech. Yeah, it's intense. I really like it. Also, I like that two, two major Tims gave a speech at this at this thing, which is kind of cool. Honestly, Cook, you're right. Uh, but Tim Cook getting out there and really firing it up. We were talking about TMS uh, on TMS earlier today, just briefly about this, and it is it is interesting to see how this actually s- serves Apple mm. for the kind of company that they are that wants to sell me a new device that I can then use to do the things I do, and that's where they want me. They don't need to sell ads. They don't need to gather a bunch of personal information to do other things. They just need me to be in the ecosystem, to be interested in their hardware and so on. And they're leaning into that. And I think that's probably exactly what you would do if you were Tim Cook, because that's what Apple's business model is. If Tim Cook worked for uh, Google, I doubt they would be as quick to, uh, you know, have this sort of language in their keynote, given the fact that they need to collect that data to sell ads, which is still one of their primary revenue models. So anyway, at the end of the day, I appreciate this approach even if it may just be also strategically useful for them as a company, I appreciate it as a user and as someone who is concerned about privacy and about data collection and about security of said data. I like that they are, they are, they are pushing in that direction. I wish more would. Well, and Tim Cook really, uh, I, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm on his side on this one, but really kind of going on the offensive lately. It wasn't that long ago that Tim Cook was sort of a, the shadowy successor to Steve Jobs, who was very private and, you know, maybe a little clunky at Apple's own keynote uh, events, um, but but wasn't, yeah, didn't have this sort of, uh, uh, bravado is not the word. Yeah, no, he was folksy. And this is not folksy. Exactly. fiery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't... I don't know. I'm trying to think of if I if I felt any of this at, at the latest keynote that you know we watched, you know, where they introduced new iPhones and those events are, you know, they're all a little schmaltzy because it's all kind of uh, you know cheering Apple people cheering for Apple people. But um, I have seen a shift in him, and I like where it's going. Um, I like his persona coming out, and I I I feel like. He really means it. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's some strategy here going on, but I think that what he's talking about is, 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 is actually more of a, it's a, it's a human conversation more than it is a bottom line conversation for corporations. 
I think he does mean it. I, thought, I think it's also easy for him to say, uh, as Scott sure. because uh, he's like, wait, our business model isn't built on risking privacy as much, so I can safely rail against those who risk your privacy. Sure. Um, but but uh, at the same time, they are doing some things like recently we mentioned uh, the new privacy section on Apple allows you to download all your data, which they're billing as privacy because it's not in Apple's interest to highlight the fact that this is also data portability. If you want to leave the Apple universe, you're getting all your data from Apple uh, by doing that. Now, granted, some of the stuff's DRM like purchases and stuff, so it's not entirely breaking down the walls of the garden, but they are doing some things that maybe aren't necessarily in entirely their best interests if they were simply guided uh, by the corporate motivations, unless you consider that one of the corporate motivations is good press, so why not do these things because it's worth it? Uh, I think another part of this uh, event that I want to point out, and TechCrunch uh, reported on this as well, Europe's data protection supervisor, Giovanni Buttarelli, said, we need to look objectively at how technologies have affected people in good ways and bad. We need a critical understanding of the ethics informing decisions by companies, governments, and regulators whenever they develop and deploy new technologies. He also called for a moral code. He says, we do not have an ethical consensus in Europe, and we certainly do not have one at a global level. We urgently need one. I think this is this is where the conversation happens, which is, granted, uh, we had a way to deal with public perceptions and public data up until the internet came, and using the status of like, well, Yes, anybody can see my file at the courthouse, but they have to travel to the courthouse and they have to wait around. And so there's a natural delay in getting it. So not everybody's going to do it. Suddenly is a different calculus when, wow, all my personal information is available, not only like that online, but without me even knowing they're collecting it. Uh, this is all new. And so the old safeguards that were sort of built around natural barriers to accessing your personal information are no longer there. Uh, and no longer working. So you need to have a new ethics. I, I, I really like what Giovanni Buttarelli is saying. We need to have an ethics of personal information and it's new. You can't just use the old one anymore than you could take the model of, of, of LPs from the seventies and apply it to MP3s. Yeah. There is a tendency to, to want to rely on existing norms when it comes to changes like this. And it's across the board, technology, politics, whatever it may be. There's a real chance right now and perhaps this, these voices are echoing that, but there's a real chance for us to establish what does the future of privacy, of AI, of data collection, of ownership of that data, like what does that actually look like? And, we're, and if we're not shaping it now, we're, I agree we're making a huge mistake because you know, 20 years from now, it won't matter what we wish we would have done. We got to do it now. And uh, I don't know. I, for one, think Tim Cook was onto something and probably will end up improving the image of Apple and selling products as a result. You can well, and, and maybe, and maybe not only improving the image of Apple, but hurting the image of competing companies who aren't saying what Tim Cook is saying. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's, there, there is always that not just to sell products, but strategies, you know, Tim Cook might have an inkling of, of what might be coming down the pipe oh, as it point. were. Yeah. Series of tubes. Thanks everybody who participates in our subreddit. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash dailytechnewsshow. And we get mail. We get lots and lots of letters. Well, they're emails and they go in the mailbag. And then Sarah reads them like this one. 
Correct. Kimberly, the Texas teacher, wanted to thank us. In fact, she wanted to thank Scott personally for reminding folks to check if established accounts had 2FA available. She said, thanks, Scott, for sharing your story of having uh, your accounts compromised. I did a check. I found several. And now uh, that had 2FA available, including Comcast. Kimberly says, Sunday, I was running a free place deem activity for kids. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Parents attended a talk. My phone was put away while I was working with kids with all the setup and actual activities and packing up. That's about three hours. When I was leaving, I checked my phone. There were 20 texts from Comcast with different two-factor authentication security codes. Somebody was trying to do something with my account. I was able to go in and quickly change my password. Then they all stopped. When I got home, I called Comcast to let them know about the suspicious activity. The people I talked to had no idea what 2FA was and swore up and down that nobody was trying to change or add something to my account. They didn't offer any service that would text me a code. That part was frustrating, but at least my account is secure now. That's fantastic. I remember, uh, I mean, that, that, that was from the episode or episodes where I was really <laughs> having a bummer time with, uh, getting hacked left and right and had all kinds of weird stuff going on. And boy, was that a wake up call for me. So I am thrilled to hear somebody got something out of that, uh, out of my pain. Uh, it feels good. It's, it's like, uh, it's like um, checking the batteries in your smoke alarm, like twice a year on daylight savings change. You should, you should check your two FA options to see which ones are new and, and implement them. Yep. And Do then check Raul, the batteries on your smoke alarm. Yeah, every every year on daily oh. saving time, I check the batteries on my smoke alarm. I just wait till it starts beeping, and then I get upset and <laughs> rip it out of the ceiling. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, on our post PC era discussion yesterday, Rule said, "If we go strictly by what a PC (personal computer) stands for, then all consumer mobile devices are PCs. But if we are talking about the big legacy devices we left and leave at home, then we are entering a new era." 
Consider that the Microsoft Office Suite is available for both tablets and phones. Adobe is releasing full versions of software for tablets. That means I don't have to wait until I get home to use Lightroom or Photoshop. I assume other applications will follow. Films have been made on iPhones. You get the point. Thank you, Ro. Good perspective. And thank you to Scott Johnson for being with us this fine Wednesday. Scott, what is going on with you? Well, I'll tell you what. One of the things you were talking about yesterday in your wrap-up and stuff, that involved one Patrick Beja, or maybe that was Monday. When's his day? What's that his was day? yesterday. Yep. That was yesterday. Uh, Patrick and I uh, are having a really huge blast with a little bit of a DTNS offshoot called the Monthly Video Game Briefing, or MGVB, or sorry, MVGB. <laughs> uh, and I set up a little website for it. Uh, you can find it if you're hunting around on the DTNS site, but you can also find it if you go to frogpants.com slash MVGB. And uh, that will give you, you know, quick access to the RSS file. You can put it in whatever listener you or whatever uh, player you use. If you're looking for the iTunes link, that's there. As we get more on board in terms of other services, we'll put those links. Uh, but it's a quick and easy way to go grab it. Go check it out. It is a monthly look at video games from a slightly more techie perspective. And also for the from the perspective of, of a DTNS listener and host. And I think people will really dig it. So go check it out. Again, that's frogpants.com slash MVGB or uh, get it wherever you get your podcast. So it's pretty much listed everywhere. Also, uh, if you back us at the $5 a month level, that's 25 cents a show is what it works out. If you think the show's worth 25 cents, then you should just do it anyway. But we also thank you with a weekly column. I've got one coming tomorrow kind of extending off of an audio episode I did Friday for the associate producer level, that $5 level, uh, about the uh, the idea that we might need some more evidence uh, regarding what effect social media is having on our political landscape. So if that, that sounds like an, a cool idea as a column, if you'd like to hear my thoughts in audio form from last Friday, uh, if you're already backing us at the $5 a month level, you may have already heard it. Uh, go check it out at patreon.com slash DTNS. We love your feedback. Guess how you do it. You email us. Well, you can do it lots of ways, but our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. We're going to have to change that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. We will. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.